0: Serendipity stories, I am here to share them with you. Stories that I experience, people that I meet through moments of serendipity. I want you to see how serendipity is working in my life. So you can step back, notice those moments of serendipity in your own and take action. I say action because to me, a big part of serendipity is the law of attraction at work. And if you look at that word attraction, those last six letters, action, are what make all the difference. So when the law of attraction is showing up for you, what action will you take? These interviews I'm doing are going to show you the actions I've taken. I'm Linda Fitzgerald and I'm here to share with you my journey of serendipity and how it's helped me in my personal life as well as my business. Let me share with you who I'm going to introduce you to today. This is Patrick Mosier. You'll learn more about how we met in just a moment, but I really want to share with you his amazing credentials. Patrick has a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering, a master's degree in organizational communication, a master's degree in human resource management, all but dissertation, PhD, in organizational behavior. He's a dancer and a choreographer. He has 25 years of participating in Lakota ceremonies. Let me say that correctly. Lakota ceremonies in Pine Ridge Reservation. He's a Tai Chi instructor and a Purdue executive in residence three times he has spent 28 years with a consulting career in Accenture. I look forward to introducing you to Patrick. Patrick and I have been working together for a few years. I've learned so much from him. I want you to learn from him too. Enjoy our interview and see how you can apply what you're going to learn here in your own life and make this a serendipity moment for you, moving you forward. Hello, Patrick, it is so great to see you. Thank you for joining me today.
1: Great to see you, Linda.
0: Here we are, it's serendipity. We're talking about it. I've been talking about it with people like you for a long time and it's really happening. I'm actually doing the interviews now. Thanks. That's
1: so cool, Linda, so cool.
0: Thanks for being a part of it, Patrick. And our interaction, when we first met, to me, I describe as a serendipity moment. You and I met back in 2016 when I went to a um, kind of business development uh, academy, and there were, gosh, at least a 1,000 people there. I remember the first moment that I talked with you. We were on the VIP line, and we were waiting. There were about 10 of us, and I'm one of those people that gets online early because I want to get in the front. I just, you know, the closer I am to the stage, the more engaged I can be. And I remember being online and I remember you walking up and the thought come came into my mind of, Hmm, I wonder what I'm going to learn from him. And I knew we were going to talk because all the people ahead of us in line were already in a conversation. I was kind of standing by myself. So then you and I started talking and you let me know that the person who's presenting to all of us used to work for
1: you. Yeah. Right.
0: And, and I'm thinking, you're kidding me. And you're like, yep. He used to work for me, and you know what? He doesn't even know I'm here, and I had been to these events before, so I kind of knew some of the people, and I was talking with you about, you should go. You should let them know you're here. I can let you know who you need to talk to. Go have your picture taken with them, even though the rest of us, you know, we couldn't get that close, but you had a special in, and I was certain you could do it, but that is my, my memory of the first time that we met, and since then... We have talked so many times. Mm -hmm. I've been coached by you now for what have we been together, two years, formally? Mm
1: -hmm. Yes.
0: And I've learned so much. And what I like to do during these interviews is introduce people to the various people that have stepped into my life and been an angel or a hero for me to help move me forward on my journey, whether it be just a life journey or me achieving my dreams. So that is why you're here, Patrick. You, were, you are one of the angels and heroes in my life that have moved my dreams forward. And I just want to appreciate that. And I want to share you with more people.
1: Oh, so thank you. Thank you. And I, I humbly accept the title of angel or hero. That's so good. But you know, as this goes, you are an angel and you are a hero of mine as well. So that's how these things go as, as well. So, um, so thank you.
0: I would love to hear from you, what what is serendipity to you? When you hear that word, what comes to mind?
1: So good. And uh, I could probably talk with you as we do for a couple of hours on this. So I'll try to keep it short. Uh, So when I think of serendipity, I think of the word luck. And uh, I don't use the word luck because I don't believe that luck happens that way. Um, because I believe more in serendipity. Um, And so when I was thinking about serendipitous moments and and all that, I think about like, well, when would people say I've been lucky? Because I think that's when those serendipitous moments happen. And the reason why I don't use the word luck is because luck kind of gives you the sense that it comes out of nowhere. And I just don't believe things come out of nowhere um, I have a saying for myself, the universe is perfect and uh, our slice of it may not look like it, it, may not feel like it, it may not experience it that way, but everything in the world happens like with these wildly interconnected jigsaw pieces that are all there. So when I think of serendipity, I think that the universe is out there putting these puzzle pieces together and part of me is just listening to those moments and letting me fit into those moments, like meeting at that personal development seminar, that business development seminar, where where we met. It was just like, and I, if you don't mind, I'll tell my side of that. Story. Oh, that would be great. So, so I go up to this thing, and and I had no idea that a thousand people would be there. And and uh, even though I'm a trained speaker and and all that, I am uh, I tend to be kind of introvert like, and so uh, I go up into that, you know, into this big, massive crowd. And I am not a cocktail party talk kind of person. You know, how's the weather, how's this thing? Because I like to go deep fast. And so to your point, how you told your side of the story, so I walk up and I don't join crowds of people very well, but there you were alone. And I was like, oh, well, I'll, you know, see what she has to say. And so connecting with you there. And what I didn't know, serendipitously is that you are an incredible connector. So you are an incredible networker. So from that perspective here, I met somebody at this this conference that could network with all these people, but you were standing alone in that precise moment, moment of time, you're talking to somebody all the time. So that's one of those very like subtle serendipitous moments. And then, you know, did I have any clue that walking up to you in that moment Uh, would be a relationship that has tracked for over four or five, coming up on five years or something like that. It's like, it's amazing. So those are serendipitous moments. So yeah, I don't believe in luck. I believe that the universe is perfect and serendipity is just listening and following your intention with things.
0: When I am at one of those personal development events, And all of us, to me, I describe it as we're operating on a different layer in life. It's like we're a little more, all of us tend to be more aware, more intentional. And when I'm in those events, the serendipity to me is just boom, boom, boom. I'm writing stuff down like crazy. And back when we first met, serendipity was a big deal to me. I would track them, but they were more something where I'd have a really big serendipity moment one time a month. And it was just something I had to write down. The more I am with people who are thinking bigger, who are a force of good, the more I see the serendipity. And Mm -hmm. for me, I just start seeing it. And kind of like you said, luck for me, I think it's magical. But at the same time, like you said, with luck, I don't think of it as magic, it is to me, it's like divine intervention in all these different subtle ways so that we can appreciate how, my thought is we're all connected. I imagine there's this big spider web that connects all of us. And when we meet, it just allows that connection to be thicker. And I was not always the outgoing person I am now. I, Growing up, I was amazingly shy. I did not wanna present in front of groups. So just watching how much I've changed since I've started interacting with people like you and partnering with people like you to help bring out the best in me, the more I have grown in ways I could not have predicted five years ago.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, to go with that a little bit, uh, I have a saying for for my work as well. I I have uh, archetypes that I use. And one of the archetypes is, Portals in the mist. And how I, how I think about that, kind of what, what you're saying is that, you know, we have these portals that we go through in our life. And, and, you know, going from point A to point B, you know, we look straight forward, you know, but I kind of believe that there's these other portals on the side and they're kind of in the mist. And a lot of times I go out and I, I, I pray and I, I put intention out there help me to see those portals. I may not take everyone because I don't tend to chase shiny pennies like that. But every once in a while, there's one of those that, that if I'm aware of those portals, it's like, you know what, I'm gonna take that one. And you go down this path and, and it opens up a whole different chapter of my life, just to give you a sense of one of those. Um, when I was in uh, my bachelor's degree, I was a chemical engineer. And we had to, at the school I went to, you had to take a personal or a physical education credit. So we had to take a PE class. And all my friends took a, uh, like volleyball or soccer or something like that. And I was like, you know, I want to take something different that I've never done before. There's one of those portals. I decided to take a ballet class. Now, my friends were all like, why are you taking ballet? I mean, you know, have fun with us. Ballet, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna, you don't know anything about it. And, and so I took this ballet class and it was amazing. I, I just enjoyed it. It was very much like chemical engineering with the discipline and everything with it. And so, uh, so I enjoyed it and, I, and it was just a whole, a whole different crowd of people that I would have never met before. And uh, I took that class and at the end of ballet one, the teacher said, you know, you should, you have some natural talent. You should take ballet too. It's like, okay, take ballet too. So I took ballet too. And at the end of ballet too, she said, "You should join the modern dance company." I'm like, "Really?" And they're like, "Yeah, cuz you have this natural talent." So I joined the 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 modern dance company. <clears throat> so while I was taking chemical engineering classes, I was rushing out and changing into tights, getting into, you know, a modern dance company and doing rehearsals. And so that was just amazing, but that was all opening up right, left brain and, and you know it was just a whole different world for me. And so many of those stories of my life are those portals in the mist. Are those serendipitous moments? Yes. But like you said, it's not luck and it's not magic. It's just like this feeling, it's an intention, it's an awareness of what's there. And then just going like, Let's do that. And then then a whole different part of the world opens up to you. So that's kind of how I see serendipity. That's why it's hard to to imagine some of the serendipitous moments because they're like that. They're like this thing that unfolds with still tag. And then you take that tag and then a whole different world opens up to you. That was 40 years ago. Yes, 40 years ago. And now I'm on the board for dance and performing arts here in Minneapolis. I'm not dancing anymore, but now I can support other kids, you know, that, that are dancing. And, you know, that was just a whole, this whole different weird string in my life. That was that just one moment of going like, yeah, I'll take ballet. Who knew where that would go 40 years later? It was
0: that tap on the shoulder. Yes. Do something new. And you said, yes,
1: Mm -hmm. indeed, indeed. And I can, Linda, I could, we could sit here for 4 hours and we could share stories of those little taps that you go like yes and and you know um a lot of people chase the shiny pennies and i'm not necessarily talking about that too it's like there's a tap that's the right tap i don't know how else to describe it it's the right tap where you go like that one sounds right and i you know maybe there's a couple dead ends in there but I don't live life with any regrets. So I don't, I don't look backwards and go like, well, that was a dead end. I look at it, well, that was an interesting learning. I don't know. So those little taps, just being aware of those, those are those serendipitous moments.
0: You were there for me in a way I hadn't expected for coaching me when I was in Dancing with the Stars Shasta County style. And you were encouraging me on. And I, like you, was completely out of my element, having never had dance. Well, actually, I did have dance. I had ballet when I was in kindergarten. But like you said, an opportunity shows up. I showed up in the best way I could. And it, it opened up something inside of me that I didn't even know I could do. Mm-hmm. I, I personally took it on myself as a challenge for a coach because I challenge people and I realize, you know what? It's really good for me to take on some big challenges sometimes too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So how has, how has that, um, the fact that you stepped into that tap and you participated, how does that sort of experience affect you going forward when another tap on the shoulder happens?
1: Oh, um, I, I have been rewarded by the universe. You call it the divine intervention, the universe, however you however you want to talk about it. We know how that goes. Is that I've gotten rewarded so many times by those taps of like going off into that portal in the mist that I'm just uh, I'm just aware, aware of them, but also eager, eager because you know I think the more that you you learn about those serendipitous moments the more you're training your body to be aware of what's a diversion or procrastination and what's a true path. And the more you can better discern those is, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's possible to have a competency in serendipity, which I could argue that that's impossible because serendipity is serendipity, but, but you can get better at like, yeah, that's one to take. That's, that's, there's, I can, I don't know what that is, but that portal right now, there's something huge behind that portal. I'm, I'm eager to take it, but also there's like this, oh, and I'm going to go down. And when I go through that portal, sometimes those, there's a huge chasm behind that portal and you just feel like you're falling, but there's always something, there's always something a part of that. So, yeah, I, I think, uh, getting more competence, I guess, in a way of, of these serendipitous moments. You just you're just more eager that, that they're there. and then your life changes because of those. You know your life becomes more rich. The stories that you collect are, are tremendous. I have I have a spreadsheet for this, as you know. I have a spreadsheet of my of stories that I tell and, and you know those stories are just tremendous and they're long. and, and so and I, I hope that for people that, when they, they get to a place in their life where they're accounting for things that they they have some great stories to tell. Because that's, that's what life is, these pearls of stories that we have along the way.
0: Is there a story that you can share of when an angel or a hero stepped in your life at just that right moment?
1: Uh, yes and no. Uh, so I, I figured you'd ask a question like that. And... <laughs> And I didn't I didn't want to prepare myself for it so okay so it kind of took me as a blind sight even though I thought about it um so are there times where yes okay so this one comes to mind first uh so I was a friend of mine yeah okay this is so good a friend of mine that I danced with okay so there's a serendipitous story that I have a, a dance friend but he he was he was asked he, he was dancing in the National Company of Norway in Oslo, and he said, "You know, Patrick, I'm going to fly through your home city I'm on my way out to participate in uh, Lakota ceremonies on Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. And so I was just wondering if you want to go with me?" And I said, "Sure. Again, one of the, there's this little serendipitous moments, a little portal in the mist, right? Said sure, I'll go out there with you. I've never been out there, and it's a nine hours, you know, uh, west of us. And so he flew in. We go out there. We spent this magical week, you know, participating in this ceremony that that had um, uh, multiple different tribe elders talking, and it was just like, wow, this is just amazing. It was my first experience of of a sweat lodge and other things like that. And remember, you know, uh, at that time. I'm a corporate executive at an accounting firm, at a consulting firm. So this is like a break from any reality that I've ever seen before. So I'm just like, but I just, I'm just taking it in. This is so amazing. And it was so much a part of nature and and just being in it so much and how the, the Native American cultures honor that so much. At the end of that week long ceremony goes, you know, I'm on my way to another three week long ceremony Um, do you want to come with me? Now, Linda, you and I know it's like taking a week off in corporate America is one thing. Calling in at the end of one week and going like, hey, I'm going to take three more weeks off is like, oh, okay. That's great with us. You just have to look for another job. Especially Um, when
0: you're flying around the globe.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I was a consultant. So I I had, you know, and I was on a project at the time too. So I took a week off and I was like, you know, um, I, I just can't. I just, I, I can't take that next three weeks off. He's like, okay, okay. So, uh, you know, this is a every year thing. Um, will you try to come next year? I said, sure, sure, I'll try to come next year. And then he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, so on our friendship, you're promising to try to come next year. I was like, this feels, bigger than a cocktail party. Like, yeah, I'll try to do that. My people will call, your people will be just fine. You know, it was, I was just like, yes. And so, uh, so half a year goes by, we get into December and he gives me a call and we're talking and I, and we're having a great conversation. He's like, so have you, have you tried to, you know clear the way to come next summer? And I was like, no, I haven't really tried. And he's like, well, you know you promised on our friendship to try. I was like, yeah, okay, okay. So three more months go by, it's now March. This is like a thing in, in July. And, I, and, and, and in those days he left a, a message on my answering machine. And uh, yeah, he called me back and I was like, oh, I, I, can't, I can't call him back without having tried. So I said, okay, so I'll go into my current client and uh, I was working at a hospital at the time. And I went into my client and I said, look, uh, Nancy was her name, the project director for the client. And I said, I've been asked to do this three week thing this summer. Now listen how I how I pitched doing this thing. This is an incredibly difficult time for me to leave the project. Three weeks is way too long. And, you know, so, I mean, I was putting every brick in place to say for her to say it's okay to say no and she looked at me and she said no no we're okay you can do this okay so then i went to my boss at my company and i said look i've got this three week thing off that you know this summer and um my client has said yes to it but they're kind of naive when it comes to consultants and so I'm okay if you say no for me to go to this thing because it's three weeks and you know that's a long time for me to be gone. And I'm in this critical role and everything. He literally stood up, came around his desk, put his arm around me and said, you know, Patrick, when I was your age, I was asked to go on safari. I said, no, I've regretted it my whole life. You should do this. I felt like Moses, like the Red Sea had just like parted. I was like, this is really, actually right now, My the hairs on the back of my neck are standing up because it was just like this magical moment. I was like, okay. So I called my friend up and I said, I'm going with you. He's like, okay, great. I, I knew that would happen. I'm like, okay. Um, you just don't know my situation. So we go out there and and for th- three weeks, I mean, Linda, you know, corporate America taking three weeks off is just like, forever.
0: It's unusual. It's highly unusual. It's like a statical sort of thing, you know, right?
1: Right. And, and so I go out there and it was life-changing. I mean, it was just absolutely life-changing. And uh, at the end of that, it's like, I need to do this. So I continued doing that for 23 years, three weeks off every summer. And, and it got to be known within the company I was working at. They're like, Oh yeah, he's the guy that does that. I got in a number of conversations with people are like, have you heard about the guy that takes three weeks off and does some sort of Indian thing? I was like, yeah, I'm that guy. And they're like, oh, really? You're that guy? You know, it's just like, it's like, yeah, I'm that guy. And they're like, how did you do that? And I was like, I said yes once. Um, and that's a serendipitous moment. So I know that's a, a long story, but it just so much so that that I just felt like the, like I said like the red sea was just parting in front of me and I was like this is weird but it also is right it just felt so right you know every step along the way and as I said I put up barriers all along the way for everybody to say no and the universe was going like no this is a thing you need to go do this so that's a that's kind of a long story of one of my serendipitous stories but but it's so It's so serendipitous, it's perfect.
0: That is great. And when you talked about the hair on the back of your neck, to me, that is a sign, like that and goosebumps. When you're talking about something, it's like, okay, there's something extraordinary happening right now. And sometimes a story that you share can be as simple as a one-line sentence. Yes. You have a story I've heard you tell a couple times about your grandson in the sandbox. And there is this one line at the end that I have said to myself so many times that if you could share that story, I, I just love that story.
1: Oh gosh, I have to remember the line now. Okay, so, uh, so my grandson was playing in this big sandbox and he, uh, he was playing with a little digger machine, you know, like they have those little things. And there's a kid catty corner in the sandbox was playing with a bigger one of those things. And he's a pretty you know, decent kid, you know, so he's not gonna go over there and take it from him. But the kid gets up, their parents come and they go, he goes off with them and he gets up. Now the sandbox is above ground and it has two uh, uh, boards that are connected together, uh, four inch, six inch boards, whatever, that are connected together, but it's kind of narrow. It's like a balance beam, I guess, for gymnasts, you know, it's kind of that width. And so he sees it catty corner to him And I'm standing at the corner and he stands up and he starts walking over and he's balancing on the the thing, walking over there and he gets to the corner where I am and he's ready to turn the corner to get to the machine. And I'm looking at this and I go like, you know, um, it would have been faster if you go catty corner, go across the sand. And he said, oh, Papa, I." I didn't, I don't want to do it fast. I wanted to make it worth it. Oh, again, the hair on the back of my neck. I was just like, this is wisdom. This is like, and then he went over there and sat down and started playing. And you know, my, my first response was that's my grandson. That's my grandson, you know, because he taught me something. You know, we get so caught up into getting from point A to point B that we don't make the journey worth it and and so man what a huge learning i think he was five or six at the time when when this happened i was just like wow so those are to your point linda too you know i my first story was this big story of this big thing happening in my life but this was just this little sliver of a moment And, and is that a serendipitous moment i think so because i was trying to i'm Grandpa, I'm going to teach him that there's more efficient ways to do this. And I got taught, baby. I got taught in that moment. And that was just so good. I was just so proud. So yeah, thank you for reminding me of that.
0: That story rippled out to me. And you told me that story. And I know that one line. And there are times in my life now when I'm saying, do I want to do it fast or do I want it to be worth it? Yes. And yes. that's the difference between doing something on my to-do list, am I just gonna check the box to say I did it or am I gonna do it well, have it be something I'm proud of and put out there and say, yes, that was worth it.
1: Oh, that's so good. And you know, to, to exactly to that point, as, as human beings, well, let me go back. Every animal makes every moment worth it, if you will. Because that's how they're, they're instinctual. They do the things that they need to do. Sometimes I look at my dog and I think of dog wisdom because I'm just like, my dog wakes up and I'll, I'll go down and take my dog out in the morning and, and she's in her kennel and uh, she's getting older now. But in her younger days, you know, she'd be sitting up there, her tail's wagging. I open the door, she'll go to the door and she's like, let's go, let's do this day, let's do this day. And I'm just like, why aren't I doing that? why am I not like jumping into the day like that? So these, and that's a serendipitous moment. It's just like, but it's, I'm allowing that in and, and we can stream more of those together, man, life becomes full, full. So yes, I agree. There's these big ones and these little ones, but part of it is, um, they're all there. Those moments are there for everyone. hmm it's just being open and aware that that's what's happening around you because the universe is dancing all the time around us and we just have to be aware of it.
0: Awareness so is a theme that I see with my interviews. And when, um, when I met with Martin Root in a previous interview, he challenged me to log three serendipity moments every day. Mm-hmm. And I did, and I was doing them on a newer version of technology, what I wasn't real familiar with. Yeah. And because I was giving it my attention and I was logging it all, I, I was loving it. And I was having days where I was listing six, seven, eight things. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And then I had this little tap on the shoulder of how are you backing that up? (laughs) Yeah. And I ignored it. And fast forward a couple of weeks, you know, again, you should really go in. This is newer technology for you you should go in, copy it, back it up. And one night I'm on my phone, which I'm not completely savvy with on some of this technology. And it switches into night mode where instead of a light background, it goes to dark. And I'm adding to my list and all of a sudden my list is gone. There's no undo button. And I realized all of a sudden, it's like that moment of serendipity that thought that came into my head out of nowhere of back that data up, Linda, back that data up. And then I was just mad at myself. I tried to recover it. And because of my lack of technology, the recovery system, I did not do correctly. <laughs> so that failed as well. And I thought to myself, that's okay, Linda, there's more where that comes from. I'll start logging it again. But here's what was so funny. I was mad at myself. And I stopped logging the serendipity moments. (laughs) And therefore I stopped the awareness and I went for about four or five days more mad than aware. So I wasn't seeing serendipity. Mm -hmm. And then a few days ago, it's like, wait a second, Linda, you promised Martin you were going to do this, start it up again, use a different technique, back it up. And some of the ideas, some of those serendipitous ideas that come to me came back to me. I'm like, okay, log those, log those. And I'm using a different form of technology now, but I now am aware of those taps on the shoulder that we say no to. Mm-hmm. When I had that tap on the shoulder of, you should back that data up and I ignored it. I think that that's serendipity too. And oh. I had an opportunity to back everything up and it, it wasn't a huge amount of data. It was not the end of anything, but oh, the lesson the lesson was learned. And once I came back to opening myself up to the awareness and kind of living on that higher level of intention, intentionally, I started seeing the serendipity again. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and uh, my, my reaction to your story is, it's, it's like those monks that do that, those beautiful sand you know, paintings and drawings and they yes. lay them out and they do that for months, you know, they're laying everything out. And then, you know, you have this beautiful picture and, you know, uh, 30 years ago, you didn't take a picture of those things. They were just there. You experienced it, the journey is beautiful. And then wind just goes Whoosh, and it's gone and that's it. And it, that's just, but it was created for that moment. When I think about you losing all that, that information we as humans, we just go like, oh, we beat ourselves up and everything. It's like, but maybe that was just sand art. Maybe that's what those were. And they changed those moments and that's what they were there for. And now they're gone, but that they're not gone. They're, they're still in your heart and your soul somehow, some way. And to your point, those things will come back up. The universe is perfect that way. There's a great lesson in that. And if those are really important for you to go forward, she'll, you know, she'll bring those up to you again. And that's okay. Yes but it's but but we we did we do that all the time with ourselves of just beating ourselves up for the mistakes we make and it's like no those are just learnings for the next bigger challenge that's okay
0: mm-hmm. so
1: totally okay yes great but, story
0: thanks it's the opportunity to me i see serendipity as an opportunity when i go to events or when i do trainings sometimes i'm in a room and it can be a crowded room and i have this feeling that there's a particular person I know exactly who it is that I'm supposed to talk to.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, good. And it's
0: yeah. and just another form of serendipity. So to me, serendipity, what I've learned in doing these interviews is there's so many different sorts of ways those um, those webs of connection get activated.
1: I totally agree. So so another reason why at some point serendipity gets difficult to talk about is because. You know, again, building your, your, the, the, your serendipity muscle, I guess, in some ways, is that I, I'm, you just use the word intention. I'm, I'm very deep into intention. And um, if you have an intention, you go into a room of a thousand people and you have an intention, there's somebody here that I need to meet. I can, I can feel it. And you put that intention in there. And, and and distinguishing between intention, want, need, uh, desire, strive, strident, push—you know, those are all different things. But that intention is like I'm going to go in with this intention, and and I think in some ways that intention precedes your presence, if that makes sense. And so uh, when that goes in there, you're activating people in that room and now they're in a sense kind of looking for you and that's what that's what that's serendipitous and then all of a sudden there's this serendipitous moment of you two meeting really because you already had that intention and then they might have had a very similar intention and just and that that those intentions met somewhere in the middle of the room before you entered and then you're in there and it's like you met was that a serendipitous moment of course it was but Sometimes it doesn't feel that way because it was just like, it was meant to be. Again, maybe that's another thing. It's like, well, this was just meant to be. Well, that's a serendipitous moment. Right, right. Because it was meant to be and it just it just happened. Um, this is a longer story I won't tell today, but um, my wife, I met her on a blind date. Okay, blind dates. Those are serendipitous moments. Not that happened in that moment of the blind date, but what happened... 20 years before then of two people making friends and then having a serendipitous moment of meeting this other person that connects the two of us together. That's all serendipity, but you just don't know it's, that's why I think about the universe is perfect. There's all these mechanisms working in the background, like this big machine is like, oh, oh, we'll make this work for Linda now. Okay. This is the time here, crank the machine over this way. And then everything just works for you. That's a serendipitous moment.
0: It reminds me of when I first started my coaching business and you were working with me, meeting with me back then and how I thought it was going to take two years and it was going to be amazing. And all of a sudden the journey was not as I had planned. And that was partially because I spent the first two years trying to be my mentor instead of focusing on the real topic I love to share, which is serendipity. And here I am finally, but the journey that I took had a lot of unexpected, the term I use are pivot points, unexpected pivot points of learning that each time I was going in what I thought was the right direction, and then I'd have this opportunity for a pivot, and the pivot didn't always take me where I knew I was going, it just was a new turn. Sometimes it felt like a detour, but when I look back at it overall, the detours brought me to something better that I couldn't have imagined. Back when I started.
1: Oh, indeed. I, I, I totally agree with you. When I, uh, when I left my corporate job of 20 and a half years, 30 years, and I got into the entrepreneurial space, um, I had ideas of what that would look like. And where I am now, five years later, totally different space than I thought I'd be in. And I've probably pivoted four times in you know, my branding of that. And, you know, there's days that I go like, oh, you know, I'm just wasting so much time. I went down this path, and I'm over here. It's like, no, 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 all those pieces are, are the pieces of the machine that need to be put together that work perfectly together. And so I agree with you, they're, they're, those are just learnings and they're just absolutely critical pieces. Um, you know, people look at bad experiences and they go like, oh, I regret doing that or I wish that hadn't happened. And I look at those and go like, no, those are exactly what you needed to learn what not to do or to, to learn um, you know, to, to learn what that failure feels like uh, and, and to share with you. My ex-wife, there's a pivot point there. Um, my ex-wife used to say to me, and she said this in all good intentions. She said, Patrick, you know, one thing you fail really well. And I was like, you know, from an ex-wife and she was my ex-wife at the time too. I was just like, you could take that as this huge, you know, backhanded slam. It's like, you fail really well. Like you failed our marriage, but it was just like, no, but it was just, she was complimenting me. And, and I, I know that because I do fail well. And I think that's part of the trick too, of serendipitous moments is, is you don't treat failures as, a failure per se. It's, it's, it's a learning for the next stage, for the next thing. Um, little story with that, when I was a chemical engineer, I was in my uh, final year senior year, and uh, I was taking organic chemistry two. 7:30 in the morning, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And I remember taking a class with uh, my friend Sherry, and you know, i dragged myself in there, put my head down on the thing. It was a big classroom, you know tiered and everything. And I was, you know, I would just get by on the quizzes. I'd get five or six out of 10 and, you know, that was okay. And then I got the first test. I got a D on the first test and I was like, okay, this isn't good. And we're halfway through the semester and you know, I'm just going, but it's 7.30 in the morning. And so, so then I get to the end of the, you know, class and I'm like, "I, I may not pass this thing. And this is second semester senior year. I'm like, I may not pass this thing. And so then I was like, okay, so now I'm trying to learn a whole you know, semester of organic chemistry in like three days. And I didn't fail the class. And so uh, I, I failed the class. And, and so when we were doing graduation, I wasn't gonna graduate with all my peers that I'd been in school with. I was a co-op student, so it was my fifth year of, of school. And I went to the administration, I said, can I, can I do the walk? And can you give me a blank diploma? Give me the, th- the folder, but I want to walk with my peers. They're like, we can do this. So I told all my peers, I said, you know, uh, on that day when we have graduation day, let's celebrate together, but please don't ask to see my diploma because mine will be blank. I won't have anything in there. And they're like, that's great. So I graduated with them and then I took organic chemistry two that summer at, uh, at another university. And and I got a B in that and I passed and I got my diploma in the mail in August. Okay, so now t- telling that story, I'm not telling that story because I'm proud of the huge failure and that I slept through organic chemistry, but I don't regret it. I don't regret doing that. I learned so much about how to fail and respect myself in the process um, to Put that that weakness out into the world with the with my peers and go like you know this is this is this just happened, and that took a lot of courage and um, and it was humbling, and I I I guess I look at that and I go like the biggest learning there is I needed to be humbled, and I needed to learn how to fail well, and in the end I got my de- I got that I passed the course and I got my degree not necessarily how I want to but I don't regret anything in there. I think that's just all a part of, of living. I don't know if that's a serendipitous moment, but in some ways it's like, it's, it's how we learn.
0: The beauty I see in that story is when you can learn a lesson like that early in life. Mm. Wow. The service you've done for yourself. So you spent, you said 28 years, right? You spent 28 years in a fortune 100 company flying around the globe meeting with CEOs and executives of other Fortune 100 companies, teaching them how to run their business, how to get from point A to point B in the best way possible. And from that, when you and I met, you hadn't retired yet. It was October and you were retiring the December after. And I remember you said you were so ready. But you went from that amazing career to wisdom for humanity. Mm. So tell me about how you go from that to Wisdom for Humanity and tell me more about Wisdom for Humanity.
1: Oh, so good, thank you for asking. So um, first of all, you can see Wisdom for Humanity behind me here. Um, Wisdom for Humanity, the way I look at that is, first of all, let's talk about wisdom. What is wisdom? And people think about wisdom as this amorphous thing that the Dalai Lama has. And I don't think about wisdom that way. My definition of wisdom is the soundness of act or decision based on knowledge, experience, and good judgment. So what that mean is, is, is wisdom is an act or a decision. So wisdom isn't something I have. It's something in the world. By definition, by that definition, wisdom is an act or a decision. So it's in the world somehow. So I look at where we are as, as a world in the last two years um, with all the events that have happened. And many people say, you know, when they hear me talk, they're like, yeah, we don't have a lot of wisdom in the world <laughs> no. because we're not acting with knowledge, experience, and good judgment. Um, people are retweeting stuff without looking at understanding the information underneath it. You know, I'm kind of an analytic geek too. So part of it is, is like, I'm really careful about like what I say and, and what I share um, because that's what wisdom is. And I think wisdom, when we put that wisdom, both current wisdom, like the wisdom of my grandson to make things worth it, that's a wisdom to put back into the world and share those stories. But also the Native American and the Aboriginal wisdoms, those are important to put back in the world because we need to act more with those wisdoms in order to evolve our humanity. So wisdom for humanity is that, that evolution. And then the four in between, for me, uh, goes something like this. Because uh, it's a four, not F-O-R, but a four. My great grandmother, uh, Ellen Hurley, stood on a dock in Tralee, Ireland when Ireland was going through the potato blight. Now people don't know this about Ireland, but at that time, over the course of about 30 years, four sevenths of the country died or left. So I encourage you, imagine what city you live in, where you're sitting, even the block you live on in the course of 20 years or 30 years that four sevenths of those people die or gone. That's the entire country of Ireland at that time. I mean, that's just mind boggling to think. And so at the age of 11 or 12, she stood on a dock in Tralee and stepped on a boat to come to America. Chances are she didn't speak English because she was speaking Irish. And she was young, she came with her parents. And at the age of 15, she got married, had five kids. Thank you, Alan Hurley. And so, uh, so she came to America right before the Civil War in 1859. And so the Irish retreated very badly you know, in, the, in the Civil War but also afterwards in Chicago. And, and so she lived a tough life. But I think about her four generations back and I look at my grandson, his grandkids are as far away from me as Ellen Hurley. Four generations back, four generations forward. The way I look at what I do now, having left my you know this big consulting job, which I loved my job, by the way, people say, oh, congratulations for leaving corporate man, I was making huge impact on the world and I loved my job, but it was time to give back to humanity, to my community differently in a different mode. And so what I'm building is, is I, I help people that are building structures in this world that are helping four generations forward or further, that they have that kind of foresight, because I don't, I'm not looking at making my life better. Even my kids, my, I have two daughters and not making their life better. Even my grandson's life better. Man, as human beings, as a human species, we need to be looking generations forward because that's what our grandfathers did and, and everyone before. They were trying to make a better world for future generations. That's what wisdom for, you know, for, for humanity is, is this building, creating structures that are gonna last, the legacy that we leave behind, leaves a better world for them. And, and so that's, that's wisdom for humanity. Thank you for asking.
0: Sure. I love it. Patrick, how can people learn more about you? Follow you?
1: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, there's a couple ways uh, you can, you can go out to my website. It's just my name. So that's easy to remember patrickmosher.com. And then also uh, I have a weekly wisdom uh, that I do a blog post that I do And you can get that on on YouTube, just Wisdom for Humanity. You can also uh, subscribe to it if you get to my website. But in that, what I do with my weekly wisdom um, blog post, I tell a a wisdom story like you've heard today. A couple of those are in there somewhere over the years that I've been doing this. I do this every week for the last three years now. Um, And so there's always a story, but there's always a wisdom challenge. And I think that's really important to challenge people like uh, you were challenged to write down your serendipitous stories. and so in those moments. It's like we every week get a challenge to say, like, I want to put more wisdom in the world. So you can do that with the with the uh, the blog post every week, and then I have a monthly program as well um, that I just help people with uh, creating their authentic structures in the world. And so again, you can go out to my website and look up, you know, what what that looks like, but. Um, my job on this planet now from here till my last dying breath is to create a better world um, for our future generations. And so if you're, if you're in that game, you know, if that's part of your mission, look me up because I'd love to help you.
0: Patrick, this interview would not be complete if I didn't share my favorite quote from you, which okay. is, wisdom isn't wisdom until it's shared.
1: Ah, thank you. Yeah, when when I give you my definition of wisdom as the soundness of actor decision. And that that quote came out of my mouth when I was uh, conducting uh, my wisdom council event in Machu Picchu, and it just fell out of my mouth. When I said the soundness of actor decision, soundness means something stable, something that doesn't move, something that that actor decision is something you can stand on, you know, it's stable ground. But also soundness is the soundness of it. And... Soundness, oh, this is so good. Um, Speaking, Um, our voices aren't for us. When, as I'm speaking right now, I'm actually making bones in your body vibrate. That sounds so weird, but but it's true. It's that intimate because there's little bones in your ears are going because I'm speaking right now. And so, the, the soundness of wisdom is all that, that intimacy that we share with each other. And, and so, um, so, wisdom isn't wisdom until it is shared, until it's communicated. It's that model that you described up front, which I absolutely agree with and love. And I have a, a longer story about that someday, too, of nodes of light of people all over. And then, this, this connection between you and I today. It's just like making that little fiber between us, like grow a little bit more. It, it has a little bit more light to it. And all those people that are listening to this, you know, your lights between you and me and Linda is, is just all brightening up a little bit. And that's a network, this, this beautiful lattice network all over the world with 7.5 billion people, whatever it is. It's like, here we are, we're talking to each other. And that's the wisdom that needs to be shared. to to make a better world for future generations. So thank you for sharing that. Wisdom isn't wisdom until it is shared.
0: And one of my, I I have some, well, we've been working together for a while. So I have a lot of material that you've shared with me. A phrase that you end many of your trainings with and you've allowed me to adopt as my own is the phrase, shine boldly.
1: Mm. Mm -hmm. Can you
0: talk a little bit about that phrase? I have my own interpretation of it, but I'd love to hear
1: yours. Sure, uh, I, have, I have two pieces of that. Um, what I tell people is, you know, from cradle to grave, we only have two obligations. You know, as human beings, we make everything incredibly complex because that's what we do. You know? And so sometimes, again, I like to look at my dog and say like, what would she want me to do right now? Because you know? I need to simplify my world a little bit right now. So I go like, what would my dog Charlotte do? But, but I think about two obligations from cradle to grave. Um, you are the very unique DNA that you were born with. And, and so, and in that mm, is imprinted, I believe some sort of purpose. Imprinted in that DNA is some sort of purpose because we're human beings, because we're the human species, we, we are in this world to evolve. So you've got evolution printed into your DNA and you're born. One obligation, one of those two obligations is to take that unique purpose, that unique talent that you are and hone and craft that talent to be the best possible talent it can be. And so that's getting a consultant, a coach, an advisor, therapists, counselors, you know, all along the way to help us with an outside view, to help us with this talent, to make it, to, to grow it. And it goes back to these difficult failures that we have. Failures are just ways that that's lopping off huge parts of this gem that you are so that you can shine brighter. So that's the first part is just like honing that talent and that talent becomes this gem. And then the second part is the second obligation is to put that gem in the world where it shines the most, and that's that's as human beings, that's a decision that we get to make, and and we struggle with that. You know, we just talked about pivots. Pivots are those moments where you feel like, oh, I was not doing the right thing, and it's like that's true. Maybe it wasn't, but that was exactly the experience you need to pivot this thing, this this talent around, so that light goes through that that gem that you are and shines in the world boldly. So part of that is choosing that. Um, I had a a Lakota uh, medicine person tell me once, he said, you always have to, which I look at as shining boldly.
0: Can you say that one more time at the computer glitch? Just a second, you always have to, what was the
1: quote? So he said, you always have to say yes to your talent. Mm. Now how people misinterpret that is I have to do something for everybody all the time and I'm totally exhausted. And then you get sick. Saying yes to your talent is also saying yes to your talent because it needs to recover. It needs a rest in order for that talent to shine boldly. So both are true. And I, that took me a few years to figure that out because being in consulting, I'm, like, I'm flat out. I probably had five and a half hours sleep on average for 30 years of my life. That's not healthy. That's not a healthy living. So I was saying yes to a lot of people, but not really saying yes to that talent being it the best possible talent could be in the world. So, so uh, that's all about when you can say yes to that talent, say yes and put it out there, you will absolutely just shine boldly. And that boldly part is you'll make some bold moves and I'll kind of weave it back in. Those bold moves come from those little taps on the shoulder that you get that are those serendipitous moments that you go like, yes, yes. And you might get to tap once and you take it. You might get to tap the third time. You go like, oh, yes, yeah, sorry. I'll do it now. Thank you. <laughs> um, because I don't want to learn that lesson with a you know two by four upside the head. I'd rather take my lessons with the little taps, the little sweet little taps than the two by fours, which we've all learned by two by fours upside the head too. And that's the universe going like, Really, is this what it's gonna take? Okay, really? I'm gonna give you one more tap, just one. Okay, well, here it goes. And, and then you learn those hard lessons. And it's like, you know, when you learn those hard lessons, that's another one of the things that I like to say is live 100% empowered is like, those hard lessons are when you don't listen and you're not living 100% empowered and you're not a victim of anything. You're hmm. never a victim of anything you are a, a conscious human being. And when you get into a situation, you've decided your whole path, your whole life is taking you to that moment in time. And there you are, and something bad happens. It's like, it's a learning. Somehow it's a learning.
0: So, okay. I've
1: ripped a lot on that one.
0: <laughs> That's okay. These are the great conversations. I love inviting people in. And I'd love to thank you, Patrick, for all the coaching you've given me over the years, even before we were formally working together, and how you helped me. You helped me set up my thinking behind this podcast. And the great advice you gave me was, Linda, don't go into your podcast thinking you know what's gonna happen. Go in Mm -hmm. curious for your first six months, see what happens. And that opened up a new opportunity, a new lens for me to look through. So I am so grateful for you, Patrick. Thank you so much for joining me. And I look forward to the next time we catch up.
1: Thank you, Linda. And you've been such a teacher for me too. So thank you.
0: Thank you for joining me in this Serendipity Stories interview with Patrick Mosier. You can learn more about Patrick by going to his website, PatrickMosier.com. That's P-A-T-R-I-C-K-M-O-S-H-E-R.com. And as I was reviewing my notes from when I first met Patrick, I'm able to go right back to them. I met Patrick in October of 2016 at an event and I got this journal and I have a whole bunch of notes and tabs in here. I was reminded about the serendipity moment I had when I met Tony Horton at this very event and told him my P90X story in person. And that was amazing. Talk about serendipity. Having completed that, I won a contest with Michael Hyatt as a result of it. And I shared my story with Tony Horton. Oh, there's so many stories to share with you, but a little bit, I wanted to share with you of the notes I took from Patrick the day I met him. And here's something key that comes up as Patrick coaches me. And it just reminds me, he just reminded me of the importance of crawl, walk, run. And he reminded me of that as I started this podcast saying, Linda, don't think you're going to go into it with everything all figured out. Learn on the journey and be okay with being a learner. So here I am, I'm a learner. I'm going to make some mistakes through this podcast. I'm going to learn from them and I'm going to move forward. Thank you so much for joining me. I look forward to seeing you on the next podcast. I'm Linda Fitzgerald and this is Serendipity Stories.